0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2250. Today we're going to hear from a young person who is the future of the automotive restoration world. And I guarantee you, the future is in great hands. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, with a very special guest by the name of Mercedes Thompson. Mercedes, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, I am. Cool. We're going to have some fun today. And I'll tell you, listeners, uh, the future is bright and is in good hands, as you'll learn from the younger generation that will be carrying the car hobby forward. Very excited to have you on the show. But before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Mercedes?
1: Well, even though I work on cars and I like to you know, get greasy and dirty working on them, I actually used to do beauty pageants when I was younger. Oh, really?
0: You've gone an entirely different route.
1: I know. I went from dressing up with makeup and dresses to putting on coveralls.
0: (laughs) Well, that means you have many talents. That's the way I'll put that. (laughs) Now, these beauty pageants, many of them have some type of a talent part of it. What was your talent? I actually used to dance. Oh, cool. Okay. I love it. My daughter was a dancer from the age of three. She started dancing and carried that all the way through college. In fact, she was part of the, in fact, she ran the dance team at her college. And I'll tell you something, Mercedes, being a father of a daughter, that's very special. And the first time my daughter got up and did toe, I guess they call it, ballerina toe type, you know, up on her toes. I looked there and I looked at my wife and I said, who is that? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) Looked like somebody completely different. It was so beautiful. And to see her up on stage doing that, even though I'd seen her dance her whole life, was, uh, yeah, quite overwhelming, I guess, for a dad. It was just like, wow, all that hard work. And look at that. That's pretty tremendous. So uh, what fun. What kind of dance did you do?
1: Oh, my goodness. I was so young. I don't even know if I remember. It was just little dance moves that my mom would make up for me.
0: Yeah. Oh, how fun. Well, that built a lot of confidence, I would think.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's the great thing about uh, performing on stage and even in sports for kids. It, it builds confidence in kids, uh, camaraderie, you get to know people, uh, a lot of great things. A little
1: things, bit of so. competitiveness as well. As
0: well, yeah, and that's important in life, absolutely, yeah. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. Mercedes Thompson, and what a great name for someone in the car hobby, is a junior at McPherson College and a recent recipient of the RPM Foundation grant. She's pursuing a degree in automotive restoration design with a goal to open her own business one day that will have a focus on automotive design and marketing. Mercedes has always had a pull towards cars ever since she was a child, often joining her father in the garage to help work on projects and attending car shows with him. Her parents have always taught Mercedes to follow her passion and not the money when it comes to choosing a career, and she's taken that to heart and is pursuing her goals into the future. We'll be back and but first a word from our valued sponsors. So give them a little love to keep the gas in the tanks here and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carriers rates went up. Way up, but my usage was the same, and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So, what's with that? So, I turned to American Collector's Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collector's Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner 9324 and protect the ones you love, like I did, with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage magazine has grown, mailing you 6 issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at linkagemag.com. 2050 Or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. So, Mercedes, uh, let's talk a little bit about this passion well, we're going to talk a lot about this passion for cars. I want to start with the time you used to spend with your dad and how that seems to have instigated everything. And then we're going to talk a little bit about McPherson and then again this uh, grant, a big congratulations to you that you received. But let's go back in time first when you got bit by the car bug.
1: Well, ever since I was little, my dad would always be out in the garage kind of working on his own little cars, whether it be an oil change, just something simple, and it always intrigued me. And I, I wanted to get out there with him and help him. And I may not have been doing much, maybe just handing him a wrench, but I just, I fell in love. And he always would take us to car shows, and I I always remember him pointing out, you know, the 57 versus a 56 uh, Cadillac or a Bel Air and telling me just different ways to figure out the years. And it was just one of my favorite things and very fond memories for me when I was little.
0: So when you were little, did you ever think when you got up towards high school and then into college that perhaps pursuing a career in the automotive sector would be something you wanted to do? Or did that build over time?
1: Honestly, yeah, it was one of those things. I never really knew that it could be a career. Ah. And I got to my like junior year of high school and I found McPherson and it just it clicked and it was just the perfect match for me. And I realized that's what I want to do. I want to go into cars. And that was my only choice at that point.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about McPherson because I've had many people, some students and also some instructors and directors there. It's a wonderful and it's a very unique college in the fact that it has a program that's a four-year degree in restoration. Uh, When you chose that as your school of choice, was there or is there a specific path you can take or is it more exploratory as you get into it and then you start to define down the types of areas of automotive restoration or care that you want to give?
1: So when I first got there, I actually went straight into the automotive technology, and that, that's just straight up your tech classes, and it focuses more on the technology side of things, and we have five emphases to go into. You can choose that when you first get there, or you can decide to switch a little bit later in if you decide you want to change, and that, that's what I did. I switched to automotive design this past year, and I fell in love with it and realized that that's what I want to do. For the most part, it's just you get in there and you, you do kind of find what, what you love and what you may not be as good at that, that you thought you may have been good at.
0: What are some of the different courses that you've been able to take so far? Because you're in the middle of your junior year. Is that right?
1: Yes. So, so far, I've taken um, like sheet metal, paint, um, trim. I absolutely fell in love with trim. That That's kind of what got me into the design side of things.
0: You get to do a lot of hands-on there. It's not just sitting in a classroom and learning about things in from a book, if you will, or a lecture. In, in McPherson, you get to do things, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's a very hands-on college, or at least the, that specific program is. Most of my classes that I have that are geared towards the automotive side, I mean, you go in there and you're immediately, you're working on something. You're not in a book. You're not writing on a piece of paper or listening to a lecture you're going in there and you're starting on your project, whatever you whatever you have that day.
0: I would think for a lot of young people, that sounds like a dream, especially if you love cars, because a lot of young people these days go to colleges because they think they have to. Maybe they're pressured by their parents or society or peers, and they pick these majors that ending up end up getting them not only in debt or their parents in debt, uh, <laughs> but also they walk out going, now what do I do? But this is a very goal focused college McPherson right
1: yeah absolutely and that's that's what kind of draw like drawn me towards the college was it was still the four year I was still going to get that bachelor's degree that I really wanted Mm -hmm. but I was going to get that hands-on I wasn't going to have to sit in a classroom because for someone who loves cars that's the last thing they want to (laughs) do yeah (laughs) Yeah. nobody wants to sit in a classroom and listen to a lecture we want to get out there we want to use our hands and be able to do something and build something
0: yeah I love it. That's what's great about McPherson College. Is there somewhat of an equal number of men to women at McPherson College? Because I've had a lot of women on the show that work in the automotive sector, in fact, hundreds now that have been in the field. That used to not be the norm, but it seems like more and more young women are finding this is a viable career choice.
1: Well, so far since I've been there, we have gained quite a few more, but we're still... It's still overpowered. <laughs>
0: overpowered.
1: <laughs> um, we, we have about maybe 170 students in the program and only about eight girls.
0: Okay. Well, we need to get more women in there. I'll tell you something interesting. I was at the Ducati factory in Bologna, Italy, and I got to do a tour. And as I was walking through, I noticed there was mostly men building the motorcycles until we got to the electrical part. And I my guide was a woman, and I said, That's odd. In this room, everyone's a woman. And she smiled and she said, well, this is the most challenging part of the build of a motorcycle and it requires the most perfection and attention and only women can do that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That is the one thing I've noticed. Women definitely have that attention to detail when it comes to either paint or trim or electrical. And that that really helps us a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very funny. She laughed about it, but it was happening. I I thought it was pretty cool. Let's talk a little bit about uh, this grant you received. And I want to congratulate you on that because these aren't things that the RPM Foundation just hands out willy nilly. They really do some some intensive looks at the people who are applying or who they're going to grant these to. And I've been involved with the RPM Foundation for years. Lords and Nick, of course, uh, I've had association with, and uh, they reached out to me and said, we'd really like for you to talk to Mercedes because of what she's doing. What does this grant mean for you other than the implications of some money to help pay for your schooling? How important was this to you?
1: The grant that RPM awarded me, it helped me to go down to Dallas and I got to do an internship last summer. Oh, wow. It allowed me to be able to pay for that and my food and travel and gas and all the stuff to be able to spend my entire summer in Dallas and get that, that experience at the internship. What kind of internship was it? Um, it was actually a trim internship at Kip Motor Company.
0: Oh, cool. So what were some of the things when you were there spending that summer doing that that surprised you?
1: Well, I was thinking I was going to go in doing just trim and just the upholstery side of it, but I ended up learning how to make, well, how to cast the plastic emblems for cars. Oh, really? Wow. So it was completely from scratch, mixing together the, like, the resin and the epoxy and being able to pour it into the mold and um, and bake it and be able to take something from nothing and it makes this intricate emblem. And I got to paint them. And the attention to detail in that was something I really enjoyed.
0: Oh, how fun. Yeah, uh, these yeah these kind of things are just invaluable for you to get out. In I think for many young people to do an internship, I mean, that's how I started my career. I got an internship when I was in college, ended up getting hired by that company, worked there, ended up being a part of the company, a part ownership in the company, was there for 11 years. You never know where these things might lead. I know.
1: It is crazy. It it opens opportunities for all of us. Those internships are amazing.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. That's great. Well, the folks at RPM are tremendous. And for you listeners who listen regularly, you always hear I have a a little ad spot I do for them on my shows and I'll put links to the RPM Foundation. So if you've got a young person, well, you actually don't need to be a young person. A lot of people who want to change their careers later and realize I'm not doing something that I like uh, can get involved with RPM and they can help them. Let's talk about your future goals a little bit, what you want to do because you've already got your site set on at some point starting your own business. Can you describe what that looks like for you?
1: Yes. I am wanting to get into the marketing and advertising side of automotive and doing the graphic design for, for other businesses or even my own in the future whether that's creating their website, their logo, helping them market their business and get it out there, get their name out there.
0: Wow. Now, would you have a focus on older automotive hobby or the automotive sector in general?
1: I think uh, probably the classic would be the long-term goal, but getting there, I'd, I'd be open to any automotive.
0: Oh, very cool. Well, that was my major. I studied graphic design and advertising in college and did that for uh, the first part of my career path for 11 years before I got That's involved. Awesome. Yeah, in a startup. So uh, this was even before computers. Uh, so imagine doing things without the aid of a computer. Just <laughs> aged, oh, yes. just aged myself there. But uh, yeah, when those first first Macintosh computers came along, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. I couldn't believe. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And now you look at what people can do. It's just mind-blowing. So
1: oh, yeah, just
0: be a little careful what you see out there online because a lot of it, isn't even real. They just make stuff up. So
1: oh, some of them, you don't know if it's a real car, or if someone drew it.
0: I know it's amazing. It's very, very cool. Let's talk a little bit about what I call our driving inspirations, mentors or influential people in life. Is there someone that has really been a great influence and helper for you?
1: Um, well, I kind of already talked about my dad kind of getting me into the, the field in general and getting me interested. But I mean, for the most part, he has been just a key part of always helping me and doing whatever he can to make sure I'm successful and getting me through college and letting me know, like, you can do this. And he's always pushed me no matter what.
0: Nice to have for sure. Can I try to get my daughter to come out in the garage and help me with stuff? But (laughs) she was more interested in dancing in the fashion world. And that's where she's ended up uh, in her career uh, life in the fashion world. So uh, yeah, I couldn't quite get her to figure that out. My son a little bit more, but uh, (laughs) uh, that must be very, very uh, rewarding for your father as well to see that he's helped you along. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's tremendous. So let's talk about a challenge because challenges are the way that we learn and I like to ask my guest about a huge challenge and obstacle, even a failure that you face. But the more important part of the story really is the learning lesson. Might be tough to go through at the time, but when you look back you say, well, I'm kind of glad I had to go through that. Is there an experience like that you can share with us?
1: Well, um so when I first got to McPherson I, I was in just the automotive technology like major and I went two years doing that and I realized it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And it, it was a struggle for me to try to figure out what is it that I really want to do. And I finally found uh, automotive design and it, it took me taking both trim classes as well as a trim internship to realize that I really fell in love with the design and that's where I want to take my career
0: are there's some aspects at McPherson where they help you if you're in there and you kind of don't, I mean, most colleges have career counselors, but quite honestly, wait, at least back when I was in school, they were kind of useless, <laughs> I thought. They didn't, really, <laughs> they didn't really ask the right questions. I think they were more about filling classrooms than helping guide you into the right direction. I would assume McPherson is a little different.
1: I definitely, I definitely had help in For the most part, it was an internal decision that I just had to make and figure it out on my own. But once I made that decision and I went and talked to someone telling them, hey, I want to switch my major. They were all for it and so helpful to make sure I was going to be able to still take all the classes I needed and be able to still graduate at the same time.
0: That's great. Awesome. Well, I like to talk about a special vehicle in your life. Now, sometimes this might be a challenge being a young person because you don't have that many years behind you, but uh, I would assume maybe there's one special vehicle. It could even be a, a vehicle that belonged to your parents in the past. Could you share a story about what that vehicle was?
1: So I do actually have a very good memory of a car. <laughs> good. Um, my freshman year, I, I met um, one of my really good friends and my now boyfriend, And he taught me how to drive his Model
0: T. Oh, my gosh. Wow.
1: Yes. It was actually the second day I had met him. And he trusted me to get in this Model T and teach me how to drive it. And it was just one of the neatest experiences I've ever had. And just to be able to know how to do that now, not very many people do. And it's a very interesting car to drive.
0: What year was that?
1: It was in 1926.
0: 19, okay. So for anybody who's never driven a Model T, and I've been fortunate enough to drive one, my neighbor across the street had one. And I used to be sitting here doing podcasts, and he would take it out and usually drive in front of my house and wave, hey, want to go for a ride? And so, uh, my son, when he was young, jumped in that passenger seat. And I remember my son looking down and saying something, and I want you to share this. You know what I'm talking about. The pedals aren't quite what cars today are, right?
1: No, they are a little bit different. Um, You have three pedals down there, and the middle one is reverse.
0: Yes, (laughs) kind of odd.
1: And you do not accelerate with a pedal either, so that was definitely a challenge.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's interesting when you think back to Ford and that iconic car that really changed the world, allowing so many people to have a car, um, that they started that way and then evolved into what we have today as a more normal, traditional car. But Yeah. uh, What a fun thing to do. Wow. Well, your your friend and your boyfriend now had a lot of trust in you because I'm not so sure when I was in high school and I had a stick shift car and I remember one of my girlfriends trying to teach her how to drive that car. It wasn't going too well and all I could do is kept thinking about, she's burning up my clutch.
1: I mean, it was just such an amazing experience to have my boyfriend take the time and the patience to teach me how to drive it and trust me enough to do it. Yeah. And he wanted to be able to show me like, Hey, there's other cars out here and there's this really cool car that not very many people know how to drive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know the story about Bertha Benz?
1: I have heard it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you said that because uh, for you listeners out there, you can look her up, but she was really the first person in the world to take a car on a road trip, right? Yes, one of the first females as well. Yeah, well, the first female. I think she was the yeah. first person, male or female. Her <laughs> husband, uh, Carl, who had invented that vehicle, hadn't even taken it on a trip. And she, and she hopped like, in there with her
1: kids. With and, her kids and went
0: for <laughs> went for a ride. I mean, think about that. No gas stations, really no roads. They were just dusty trails. And uh, yeah, there's a wonderful video. Have you seen that video that someone created about her going for a ride and coming into a village and having to fix the car and get some kind of... Yes,
1: a- that, that one's a very cool video. We actually, at McPherson, we have a one of the... That old Benz, we have a replica of it, and it is so neat. It is the coolest car you could ever look at.
0: They have a replica at the Sacramento Automotive Museum, which I did uh, one of my TV shows back in 2019 when I was doing a television show with, and I was also lucky enough to go to the museum in Stuttgart for mercedes They have the original one uh, sitting there. And um, yeah, you look at those and you think, wow, that's kind of where it all began. We've come a long way. Absolutely. You know, I want to ask you being a young person, your impressions on what's happening in the automotive sector today, because things are changing in a way that I've never seen so rapidly. And of course, what I'm talking about are EVs. What's your impression or opinion on the rapidly moving into the EV market and what we're seeing in the world right
1: now? Um, Well, I probably have a very similar opinion to anyone who is in love with classic cars. And I I understand where they're coming from with them, but... Oh, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. <laughs> I'm I'm going to have to start over on that one.
0: <laughs> no, you're you're on a good path, but I and I like the way you started that because for those of us who love old traditional ice engines, uh, this is kind of a weird transition. And like you, I. I get why and I understand, and this is a new wave, but I like to ask young people their impressions of them and, and not to drum up because unfortunately it's become a very political issue. Yes. Moving, that, <laughs> moving that aside, just the concept of electric vehicles and even autonomy, which is an entirely different mm-hmm. <laughs> discussion, but I'd like to hear young people's opinions of how they see those fitting into the future of transportation.
1: Well, I mean, I see it like there was electric vehicles back then, and they didn't last because they weren't popular, and the combustion engines did become more popular, and that—that that is obviously what classic car people love. We love to hear that engine. We want to hear it rev. We want to hear that loud noise. You don't get that with an electric vehicle, so I, I could see the need for them. I don't see the need to completely get rid of internal combustion. I, I, I don't want to get rid of that at all. Yeah, but fine. I, don't, I don't I don't see anything wrong with having the electric vehicles. I'm not the biggest fan of them myself, but
0: <laughs> what's your impression of a trend that I'm seeing? And I had a guest on the show last month who is in England, and they're building what are called charge. They're, they're called charge cars. They're, they're taking a classic Mustang, new body, and turning them into electric bespoke. Classic EV muscle cars, if you will. And I've seen this happening with a lot more vehicles. David Bernardo in San Diego, who was a early guest years ago, is taking old Volkswagen Bugs and buses, Guías and Porsches, putting EV motors into the back of them blasphemy or is that just kind of the cool new age hot rod builder
1: personally i think that hurts my heart a little bit <laughs> I, I don't know for sure if you can take an old muscle car and make it electric and still call it a muscle car
0: <laughs> well it'll go very fast but it sure doesn't make any good sounds no yeah personally
1: yeah. Def- i'm i don't think i could be a fan of them
0: <laughs> there you go Ah, oh, you're a girl after my own heart mercedes i love it great answer <laughs> so i'm gonna crawl into your head and be a car psychologist. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive your own personality in some type of vehicle, what would you be, Mercedes, but more importantly, why?
1: Well, talking about muscle cars, yes, <laughs> um, I, I would definitely be some, I don't know for sure the exact one, but I would be some classic car just with a big block under the engine. You look at it, you just see some old classic car, think nothing about it, but... As soon as you look under that engine, you you know it's going to go fast. <laughs> Don't underestimate it.
0: Don't underestimate Mercedes. I love it. Is there a muscle car when you look back into that era, the 60s particularly, that kind of stands out as a favorite for you?
1: Oh, that's an easy one for me.
0: Okay. What is um, it? My,
1: my dream car is a 69 Chevelle SS.
0: Okay. All right. I love it. A Chevelle SS. Well, we'll call you a Chevelle SS for the day. How's that sound?
1: That'll be all right with me.
0: All right. Very, very cool. So let's talk about books because I love books here. It doesn't have to be a car book. It could be a self-help book. But is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, I catch you off guard with that one.
1: <laughs> this is the one that I I was going through and I had so much issue because I don't have time to read <laughs> It sounds terrible.
0: I understand. Well, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. uh, And I've gotten the same response from other students who are studying like you are, that they're so busy doing things with their hands that, yeah, sometimes they don't have the time to read. But, you know, there's this thing called audiobooks.
1: I, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But we get so used to getting out in that garage and blasting music, you don't even think, hey,
0: let's throw in a book. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to refer one to me. Um, uh, we just like books here at Cars. Yeah. So I always try to ask that question, but we will <laughs> we will move past that. Well, here, I'll log this a little bit. What kind of music do you like to listen to?
1: Oh, a little bit of everything. I love country, rock, uh, pop, rap. I mean, you name it. <laughs>
0: Okay. Kind of old school.
1: Oh, yes. Definitely Uh, old school music.
0: There's a little influence there probably from your dad again when it comes to that. Absolutely. So I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive today. I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world. doesn't matter what the cost is. Park it in your garage. You can take it for a drive. And here's the key. You can take anybody in the world or somebody who's passed, somebody from history on this ride. What does the ultimate drive look like for you?
1: Well, I know most people probably say a celebrity, um, but I I would want to go for a ride in a 69 Chevelle with my grandpa, Brad.
0: Oh, cool. Now, do you still have your grandpa? I do not. No. Okay. Was he a car guy?
1: He was. I, I lost him when I was very young, so I didn't know him that well but uh, stories that I've heard, he was always into motorcycles and cars and he would be out in the garage tinkering on his motorcycles.
0: Nice. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. No doubt he'd be very proud of you and what you're doing and very excited to see that you're going into a field that he was passionate about. So, uh, yeah, I have a feeling he's just uh, looking down, with a <laughs> smile on his face and a glow in his heart, uh, for what you're up to. So, uh, that sounds, Absolutely. Like a, sounds like a wonderful ride.
1: I would love to just ride around and just tell them about my life and goals and everything at school, my future career. And it just just somebody that I would love to get to know better and tell them about my life.
0: That's pretty cool. Well, Mercedes, uh, no doubt the future is bright for those of us who are concerned about the future of the car hobby and about where youth is going to take this. I feel really good about it. Having spoken with you today before I let you go. Could you share some words of inspiration, maybe a success quote or a mantra to inspire our folks here in the new year?
1: Absolutely. Um, Well, you kind of already said it a little bit when you introduced me, but my parents have always told me, do not follow that paycheck. Follow what you love. Follow your passion and that money will come.
0: (laughs) You have wise parents. Absolutely. And you know what? I know that because I've spoken with over 2,200 people here who have figured out exactly how to take their passion and create a life and career around it. So uh, there you go. How can people learn more about you? Do you have a website or Facebook page that people can follow?
1: So I I have a LinkedIn, I have Instagram, and I do have email.
0: Okay, cool. Awesome. I'll put links to all of those on Mercedes' show notes page so that you can follow her career and her path. And no doubt one day you may need to call her and have her help you with a vehicle or a marketing plan or a design plan that you need to promote your business. (laughs) Mercedes, thank you for spending some time with us today and sharing your story. Again, congratulations on receiving the RPM grant. That's absolutely wonderful. And a big shout out to our mutual friends, Lords and Nick at RPM Foundation for introducing me to Mercedes. They bring some great guests here on the show. Uh, And Happy New Year to you uh, and all your fellow classmates. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: And thank you so much. This was just a great time.